When you see a commercial on TV or your portable computer, tablet, or phone for an allergy medication, and it shows people in a sunny field with colorful flowers sneezing their heads off, that may be advertisers getting it typically wrong, because the showier and more colorful the flower, the heavier the pollen. Those flowers depend on insects for pollination, and they don't have airborne pollen. They don't have the kind of pollen that bothers people and gives us what we call hay fever. That comes from flowers that are usually practically invisible, and they depend on the wind for pollination. Now, of course, people are allergic to parts of plants, uh, perhaps the parts that they might eat. Today, my guest is Emily Main, editor of Rodale Online, and she's just produced an article about some surprising allergens, especially spices. Allergies to plants aren't just a spring and summer occurrence. Recent studies have found that people with allergies, among them about 2% have spice allergies, and with most common causes being onions and garlic. And as the holiday season is upon us, which means an increased use of spices and Thanksgiving dishes and holiday drinks and cocktails and more, there could be more cases of reactions over the next few weeks. But if you thought spice allergies were bizarre, did you know that some people are allergic to meat and wine and even their cell phones? Rodale Online recently featured an article on seven bizarre allergies waiting to strike. Staffer Emily Main is here to talk a little bit about allergies, and I want to welcome Emily. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. What are some of the spices people react to, and what are those reactions like? Well, as you said, um, garlic and black pepper are some of the most common, but really any spice can trigger an allergic reaction if you're sensitive to it. Um, some of some other common spices that you can be allergic to are cinnamon, um, clove, vanilla. It really kind of runs the gamut, and it depends on the reaction, or the reaction depends on how you are exposed to it. You know, if you're eating it, it might give you an upset stomach. If it's something that you came in contact with, from a lotion or other personal care product, cosmetic of some sort, you can get a skin reaction. If you're cooking with it and you inhale it, it can cause wheezing or respiratory irritation. So they're really strange allergies and they're very difficult for allergists to diagnose. Do you think that people are aware of this in general? Not really. And I think that was one of the triggers for the study that was just released is the fact that there's so many more spices being introduced into our environment now. Like I said, they, they're using cosmetics, they're using personal care products, they're using candles, air fresheners, and obviously in, in cooking. So people are kind of being bombarded with them without really thinking because, you know, a lot of times spices aren't the main ingredient. You know, when you order a dish at a restaurant and it's steak and potatoes, you aren't thinking, oh, that steak had peppercorns rubbed on the outside or that those mashed potatoes had garlic in them, you know, and when you say so when you have a reaction, you're more likely to focus on those two primary ingredients rather than the spice. You're making me feel guilty because I, my sister claims to be allergic to black pepper and white pepper, and I've always thought she was just being really dramatic because <laughs> <laughs> she tends to be really dramatic, but now I'm going <laughs> to rethink that and be much more sympathetic. Uh, tell me some of the other things that you discovered on spices when you were doing the article. Well, as I said, you know, one of the most interesting facet of them, I think, is just the fact that how fact of how pervasive they have become. You know, I, I personally, as a reporter, we cover this kind of thing a lot, and I 
wasn't aware of the fact that they're being used so much more commonly in um, air fresheners and in personal care products. And the reason that you don't know that is because they're used either as fragrances or as other ingredients that don't necessarily need to be disclosed on the label. So if you're putting on a lotion and you look at the ingredient list and it says fragrance, that could be, mean that it contains any number of dozen chemicals that are protected as trade secrets, and so the companies don't have to list every single one of the ingredients that make up their fragrance. And any of those could be spices, so you would never even know. I mean, if you have a cinnamon allergy, for instance, and you're using a, a product that contains cinnamon or cinnamon-scented, you're slathering it all over your body, and you have no idea. And what so might – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so that I think is really, really interesting for people who who could be suffering from an allergy to really focus in when they do have a reaction, you know, really pay attention to what it is that you were using and scrutinize the labels. And if you see something on a label, then that isn't very specific. If it's kind of a vague, you know, like natural flavors or natural fragrances, then that's something that you can zero in on. Yeah, you said uh, the fragrances, quote unquote fragrances, it's, it is just like fl flavorings and natural flavorings on a c container of maybe a processed food. And as you said, they don't have to disclose that. And that could be many of those spices as well. Right. And again, with the food, too, people are using, uh, are resorting more to spice mixes and processed foods in their cooking. Um, and that was one of the reasons that the researchers suspect that the number of spice allergies is rising. Um, just a simple reliance on, on processed and prepared foods that don't list the ingredients, you know. So if you have a spice packet that you're using for stuffing or for your Thanksgiving dinner or if you're using a spice packet for, say, hot, hot apple cider at Christmas time, um, they don't necessarily have to list all of those spices because it is a trade secret. It's protected under federal law that they don't have to tell you what's in it. So it can be difficult to really uh, zero in on what it is that's triggering your allergy do you know some of the uh, specific spices that have been cited uh, that people have reactions to? Garlic and black pepper are some of the biggest. Cumin is another one. Um, those are really the biggest that the researchers are discovering. Um, vanilla and cinnamon are two of the others that they are discovering. But again, it's kind of hard to make generalizations because there are so many out there's so many spices out there that are being used. I mean, we're talking hundreds and thousands of different spices and it really depends on what you're exposed to most. So people who, you know, say cook with a, cook a lot of Indian food may be more sensitive to eating cumin, and so therefore they might have a higher re reaction to that particular spice. Whereas um, people who cook more European, um, for instance, you know, like again with the garlic and black pepper, if they're using a lot more of that in their cooking, they're more likely to become sensitive to those. So it really depends on the various ethnic and regional cuisines that you're cooking and which spices you're using most because those are the ones that will most likely trigger a reaction. And um, allergists do have a difficult time because they only have so many spices that they can test you for. Um, it gets a little bit more on the um, side of the allergy testing industry. You know, they only make skin tests for, certain, for a certain number of allergies. So allergists can really only test you for those. And if none of those spices are what's causing your allergy, then it makes it more difficult for them to, to try to pinpoint it. So it's kind of, it really is kind of a, almost like a, an episode of CSI for these allergies <laughs> when people come in with these weird reactions and they don't know what's causing it. And so they, they have really have to put on their detective hats and, and look at everything that you've been eating and call the restaurants where you visit frequently and look at the spice packets that you use and, and all that sort of thing. 
And I would imagine that that's not really where they start. Uh, I've hardly ever heard that when you when you hear about people with allergies and skin tests and things like that. I mean, they start with milk and other things that are more common, I guess, as allergens. And the spices right. are way down the list. Right. Yeah, exactly. And one of the tips that the doctors gave to me, which I thought was really interesting and, and really helpful, is if you go to a restaurant and you eat something and it gives you a really bad reaction and you can't understand why, try cooking that same dish at home. And if you don't have the same reaction to what you cook at home, then chances are there probably is a spice in that restaurant dish that was causing a reaction. And one that you wouldn't commonly have. Right. Or a mix of, of them, because there's a lot, like you mentioned, Indian cooking, and a lot of the spices are mixes of spices. So right, exactly. Like with curry powders and things like that, it mm -hmm. can be, it's, again, it's very, it's very difficult to, to zero in on exactly what's causing your allergy. When you did your investigation and talked to people, you, you are talking about spices, and you mentioned European food, and that, that made me think of oregano, but I guess that's an herb. Do you... Do you, have you found that people are allergic to herbs as well, plants that, I guess the, the difference really is that herbs or herbs come from the leafy parts of plants and spices come from things like fruits and seeds and roots and bark and things like that. Right. This particular study was looking specifically at spices. Um, there, I mean, obviously herbs, when they flower, can produce a pollen that you could be, be allergic to, but at the moment they're... Um, the research into this particular type of allergy is focusing more on spices and, and less on, on herbs. There is the chance, you know, if a farmer, for instance, has a, a spice allergy, if he's picking a lot of herbs um, or, you know, the, the source material for the spice, he could have a skin reaction of some sort or, you know, a, a, and if he inhaled some material from the plant, then that could cause a, a respiratory reaction. Um, but as for spice, you know, for processing dried herbs or even you know handling fresh herbs there hasn't been as much research on that you know it's funny too as you're talking i'm i'm thinking about how with spices it, so much of it's volatile so much of it gets airborne so uh, it may not just be ingesting spices it's probably a lot as you said skin reactions too but it's probably a lot of what you inhale right and because and that kind of gets to the point of, of air fresheners because they've started using uh. spices in their <laughs> fragrances too. And, and he, the, one of the allergists told me a really interesting story about this man who was having a horrible reaction and he could not figure out what it was. And it happened every morning that he took a shower and the allergist was adamant that he track everything that he used and bring in all the products and nothing that he found any of the products that this man was using were causing a reaction. And then one day he took a bathroom or took a shower in another bathroom in his house and didn't have that reaction. And so the allergist said, well, you know, what did you do differently? And I said, well, all I did was take a shower in a different bathroom. And he able, was able to pinpoint it to an air freshener in the bathroom that was causing the guy's, the guy's allergy because that was the only thing different between the two bathrooms. One had an air freshener and the other didn't. So, uh, Well, I, I have almost no allergies, thankfully, but I react very badly to dryer sheets. <laughs> Um, and any, any kind of fabric softener, my throat closes up. And sometimes mm -hmm. if I go to someone's house and they've, they've washed their napkins and their fabric napkins and used a, a product that has fragrance, and it may or may not be spices, who knows, but I can't even taste the food. I'm so right. sensitized to, to that. And uh, air fresheners, yeah, that's a whole other story. 
I don't know why people need them. <laughs> I'm like you. I don't, especially because fragrance is one of the the most common allergies that people have. You know those artificial fragrances, and, and it, again, it could be the spices, or it could be so many of the other volatile compounds that they use in in these chemical mixtures, which is essentially what they are. You know, these chemists go in a lab and throw together a hundred chemicals and eventually they get something that smells like morning sunshine and they put it in a bottle and <laughs> tell it to you and you have no idea what you're <laughs> what that morning sunshine is made of but chances are it's not morning sunshine well it, <laughs> and it's as you're saying that i'm realizing it's uh it's synthesized chemicals too I, I, mm-hmm. I, but i guess that's almost the same thing if they analyze what's in something like cinnamon and put it together with using the elements that are in cinnamon they pretty much reproduce the allergen Right, exactly, and it could be an it could be an oil that you're having a reaction to. It could be some protein in the spice. Well, yeah, there are so many different compounds in spices that you know just exist naturally. That if you know that even then it becomes difficult to figure out whether or not it's the essential oil of cinnamon or if it's a, again, like I said, a protein of cinnamon that's causing your reaction. Mm. But it's so many different things that could cause it. Well, how did you come across these studies, and uh, who did you talk to? That m- many of these came out of a recent meeting of the um, American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. They have their annual meetings every year, and, and this was one of the sort of big names or one of the bigger, more prominent studies that came out of that, and I think it's just the sheer interest factor, the, the fact that so few people are aware of spice allergies to begin with. Well, in your article, you talk about other things besides spices, and uh one that well they all caught my attention but one that i thought uh, i've heard a little bit about but uh, maybe you can talk about for a minute is the phone allergy right and that that's something that again that i don't know that many people are aware of but nickel is a metal that is used in a lot of phone casings and it's very allergenic it's one of the most common causes of alert, of contact dermatitis in the united states um, and it causes kind of an itchy rash along your jawbone, and a lot of people, you know, they might think it's it's acne from holding their phone close to their face, or they think it's some other kind of reaction to a cosmetic or something. But it, it's a really common allergy, and and nickel, um, as I said, is used in so many different phones. I mean, I thought was sort of funny was at this conference they um, some allergists had tested a bunch of phones to see which ones were more likely to contain nickel and and which ones weren't, and they found that blackberries are probably the worst as far as nickel allergies are concerned, whereas iPhones and um, the phones using the Google Android system had, the, had were either non-detectable levels of nickel or um, just very, very low. So, you know, but even if you do have a blackberry and you really like it, it's easy to correct. You just use a headset and make sure your headset is nickel-free um, or text on your phone rather than talking. Weird. <laughs> so, yeah. weird. so it, but is that the casing or is it something inside? It's the casing, because um, if you look at your at most standard phones, you'll probably see a little metal band around the outside, right, and that's right. one place for it. Sometimes nickel is used in glass. Um, sometimes it's used in the microphone. There's so many different components that they could use it. It's, um, it's sort of a, a stabilizer. It, it prevents plastic from breaking down. So, it's funny you don't think about metals being volatile or giving off uh, you know anything into the air metals seem so permanent and stable right and we don't think <laughs> about molecules floating around exactly it's so benign and it's used a lot in stainless steel so sure. um, if you have a lot of stainless steel you know for, for people who have um, 
make allergies probably have noticed that they use that wear stainless steel out um, earrings or if they have a belt buckle made out of stainless steel it could give them a, a skin reaction wow I thought I thought you were going to say that it was something like you know cell phone towers or something, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess and you know probably people think that probably people who have reactions to their phone think that they're getting microwaves or something. Right, right, yeah. People tie it to a lot of different things, thinking that you know if they clean their phone, maybe they won't have as bad of a problem, or if they switch to the other side of their face, and it really. It can be pretty painful too, from really? stories that I've heard. Is you know, just, yes, because it just gets so raw and dry and, and uncomfortable and, and itchy, and and nobody wants a big rash on their face. You know, everybody. Well, do you think these things are contagious? I mean, uh, if if one comes in contact with someone who has some kind of nickel allergy, can they give it to someone else? It's not contagious from person to person, but it is something that you can develop over time as you're exposed to these allergens. And that's one thing that I think people may not be aware of is the fact that adult onset allergies are really common. You know, it's not just because you didn't have an allergy to a pet, for instance, as a child doesn't mean that you can't get an allergy as an adult. Just it's a lifetime of exposure being constantly bombarded with certain chemicals or metals or, or spices in your environment your body just kind of your immune system just starts to react to them as though they're foreign invaders and hmm. you get an allergic reaction. So is it, is the opposite kind of true too? Can you outgrow allergies? Yes, you can. In fact, um, food allergies, I believe it's, um, egg allergies are one of the most common food allergies that children outgrow. And, you know, as they get older, it becomes less of a problem. Milk allergies, I think are also pretty common, commonly outgrown by, by children. So, so yes, you can you can outgrow them and you can develop them again later on in life. So it's allergies are very very funny and your body is very finicky about certain certain elements. Well, you probably didn't study this, but I wonder if uh, children growing up in India develop a tolerance to some of those spices and and in that way outgrow their allergies. It could be, you know, there's all sorts of theories, you know, especially if you're if you're eating it every single day, then your body probably you know, as your immune system is developing and getting stronger and stronger, it doesn't treat certain things like foreign invaders. Whereas, you know, if you grew up in Germany your entire life and then all of a sudden started eating Indian food, then <laughs> your body yeah. can not surprisingly react to, to certain ingredients in a, in a way thinking it's not supposed to be there. Well, in doing your research, what are some of the, I, I'm afraid to ask, <laughs> what are some of the other things that you discovered? Well, one of the things that I thought was most fascinating was this red meat allergy that you can get from a tick bite. I mean, that to me. What? Yes, yeah, so I thought that was really strange. And it's common mostly in the South and Central United States where Lone Star ticks populations are really high. And Lone Star ticks have a, have a protein in their saliva that also exists in red meat, so beef, lamb, pork. Um, and when you are bitten by the Lone Star tick, you if you have a sensitivity to it, this, your body will react to this protein um, and it, you'll get an allergic reaction to it. And then when you start eating meat, your body will have a reaction to that same protein in the red meat. And so you just, and it's, that was a really strange one because these red meat reactions can take three, four, five hours to appear after you've eaten red meat. So if you, 
so they're even more difficult to to really pinpoint to food because you know a few people at that point are really thinking you know what did I eat for lunch that six hours later I'm getting a react I'm getting hives all over my stomach. And so, and that's where it shows up. Right. Yeah. You usually get covered with really itchy red hives on your trunk, and sometimes depending on how bad the reaction is, it can be all over your body. And even more interesting is the fact that a lot of people or some people who get this allergy will get over it in a couple weeks. They get the tick bite, their bodies have a reaction to this protein, they eat red meat, and then two weeks later they're fine. Some people can have this allergy persist for 20 years. And, and when you get the rash, how long does it last, do you know? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I would imagine it probably lasts for a few hours and then, and then goes away as your body gets rid of the, the meat protein, but I can't say for sure. There are probably so many people who have this and have no idea. And all the other allergies you're talking about, too. You know, what? no one would ever think it was their cell phone, and no one, and very few people would think it was, even if you ate something, you'd think it was something bad, So you know, that you have some kind of food poisoning or something. And right, maybe right. Maybe you would never think that it was the spices. But we, in defense of spices, <laughs> we should say that even though we're scaring everyone, that a lot of spices even have health benefits. Right, they do, exactly. And, you know, there's lots of evidence to exist that things like pepper especially are, are full of antioxidants and can do reap all sorts of health benefits by eating more and more spices. So it's definitely not something to shy away from just because you think you might have an allergy to it. But if it is giving you a reaction of some sort, it's worth investigating. Because, you know, say you are allergic to peppers, but you're not allergic to garlic. And garlic is great. You know, it's antibacterial, it's antimicrobial, it's full of antioxidants, it's can you know, do so many good things for you, so you don't want to stay away from those healthy spices, but you do want to stay away from the ones, obviously, that are giving you a reaction. Well, I wish there was more uh, online of the things we've talked <laughs> about. You'll have to talk to your editors. <laughs> I want more. But uh, the article appears on Rodell Online, and we'll have a link on the radio show website. And Emily Main has been my guest, and we've been talking about allergies, mostly allergies to spices, surprising. And uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this information. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just going to, next time I feel funny, I'm going to think, what did I eat? Or where exactly. did I eat? Or what was that thing? And uh, I don't think I have any spice allergies. I think I'm just allergic to modern perfumes on airplanes, <laughs> dryer sheets. Exactly. Well, the key is really just awareness, too, just knowing that these can trigger reactions. You know, it can bring a lot of people a lot of, of peace of mind, especially if they've been having some mysterious allergic reaction to something and having absolutely no idea what it could mean. Well, uh, uh, you're making me think, too, of, of uh, the things that we humans are allergic to that animals are not or that some animals are because a lot of the spices evolved uh, to repel predators. Right. And now we're using them because we like them. And I want to thank you again, Emily Main from Rodale.com. Great. Well, thank you very much. We talked about some of the problems with spices, but some of these very same spices might hold secret cures to what ails you. Now, capsaicin, the ingredient in cayenne pepper that makes your mouth burn, it burns body fat too in small amounts, hopefully tolerable, for example, one gram produce feelings of being full. According to the McCormick Science Institute, people who ate pepper spike soup ate less mac and cheese several hours later. 
Spices have long been held in high regard. There have even been wars fought over taking control of spice islands. The words special and spice share a common root. Scientists have been studying the effects of spices on health for years. Curcumin, the ingredient in turmeric, has an effect on mental well-being, mimicking the effects of antidepressants. Turmeric, often found in the spice mix we know as curry, is said to protect neurons from Parkinson's, according to Psychology Today magazine, and studies have shown that uh, it reduces cognitive impairment and may even improve abnormalities seen in Huntington's disease. Saffron, the stamens of a crocus flower, inhibits the accumulation of beta amyloids, helping to fight Alzheimer's disease. And if you're falling asleep taking that test, peppermint and cinnamon can help you get through if you just uh, use them as wake-up calls. All you have to do is sniff them, and they minimize fatigue. And that's a good tip for drivers stuck in traffic, too. Please join me again next week for another edition of Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show, when I hope to have another interesting guest and an interesting interview, and I'll see you then.